Praise the Lord, everyone. Come on, praise the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. Will you stand with us? We just want to thank you all for just taking the time out to worship with us this morning. We welcome all of our online viewers. We pray this morning that the service, that the word, that the praise and worship, it will bless you. Hallelujah. Come on, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Who has a song in their heart this morning that they want to sing for Jesus? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to stand this morning. We're going to get into the mode of worship. We get into the mode of praise. We're going to get into the mode of honoring the true and living God. Amen. Come on. Let's send up a praise to the Lord. Let's send up a praise to the King of Kings. Let's send up a praise to the Lord of Lords. He is the divine one. He is the holy one. He is the righteous one. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Can we put our hands together in this place this morning? We bless your name, Jesus. We can do better than that. Can we clap our hands up here? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit. Oh, I'm washing his blood. That I can't stop singing oh, this freedom song. I'm praising my Savior. All the day long, all the day I got a song. Everybody clap your hands. Woo! Everybody clap your hands. Sing blessed is short. Sing Jesus is mine. If you know the words I was singing this morning. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. Sing hair of salvation. I'm purchased of God. Washing his blood. Said I can't stop singing. Freedom soul. I'm praising my say you say. Oh! 
free. Sing, you have brought me out. You have brought me out. Everybody clap those hands. Come on. Can we testify? Did he heal you? Did he free you? Did he save your soul? Did he make you whole? Did he wash you? Transform you? Did he redeem you? And cleanse you? today we have a song and we're singing it loud and our praises are going up to the king of kings and to the lord of lords let's worship the lord come on let's continue to magnify him he alone is worthy isn't he he woke you up this morning right he gave you breath in your body right he gave you a sound mind right sound mind right come on let's give god a high praise again in the house of god yes lord yes lord I'm so glad that he can take someone that was broken, someone that may have been lost. I have been lost, uh, but he found me. And when he found me, he said he called me, he ordained me, he chose me. And you got to look at yourself and say, I'm chosen by God. I'm chosen by God to serve him. Not serve Allah, not serve Buddha, not serve Muhammad. I came to serve Jesus. Because you were once in sin, yes. You were, had no hope within, but he shined a little light from heaven, from your soul. It's just an expression, but he knows he's a big God. He doesn't shine little. He shines great because he's a great God, right? And we give God thanks for love, his love towards us. The love of God so rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure. Ancient saints and strong. You need to understand, saints of God. That the love of God is expressing into you because we as Christ said the church love you who are watching and those who are here. Because we will know this church is built on love. This church has been built on the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And because it's built on the doctrine of Jesus Christ, we have to love you. Because it is incumbent on us to see that your soul be saved. Because that's why he came to do. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And we give God thanks. We're here to pray today's service. What a wonderful time to be here. It's been awesome to be a part of Christ in the church. 
if you're not here, you're missing a lot because we are doing so many wonderful, impactful ministry things. Listen, saints of God, I've never experienced ministry like we've done this weekend. And I thank God for what we have experienced already in the God's presence. And we're going to pray today that God will bless us. If we can all stand and let's connect with God, connect with those who are watching that they have prayed. And we're praying for them, Brother Crooks, who's in the hospital right now. We thank God for the praise report for our brother Izzy. But we're going to pray God for healing, that God will bring healing to the body and healing to the saints that are local, our local assembly and abroad. Father, we thank you. Let's touch and agree right now. We give you praise. For you alone are worthy. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come into your house. For looking at a soul like mine. That, God, I was so wretched in sin. But, God, you lift me up out of the miry clay. You establish my feet and establish my goings. And set me on a rock on a path to go forward. We pray that you will strengthen each and every one of us who are here. Strengthen my neighbor next to me. Strengthen the, the brother that's in front of me and behind me. And the sister that's in front of me and behind me. I pray that, God, you will move like never before. Speak to our hearts today. God, use the praise team, Lord God, that they will minister as they are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe for miracles. We believe for signs. We believe for wonders. We believe that salvation is granted to those who want him. We pray in the name of Jesus that every power that is trying to prevent us to fulfill the kingdom of God in the earth realm, we believe it is broken. We believe that we have the victory. We believe that we are more than conquerors because we have Jesus Christ leading us and he is for us. Because if God be for us, hallelujah, Christ in the church, nothing can be against us. In Jesus' name, let's put our hands together. Let's worship the Lord as we praise with the praise team. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.
go back on his promise. He never go back on his word. His word is true. Hallelujah. Just believe him today and receive all he has for you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We continue to worship him in this place this morning. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. God, we are believing for it this morning. Whatever you want to do, have your way this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're here to give you the worship. We're here to give you the praise this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. that one more time somebody make it personal this morning sing you lord you talk to him this morning you are worthy hallelujah jesus and no one Raise it up. Here's my worship. Here's my worship. All of my worship. Receive my worship. All of my, all of my worship. Here it is, Lord. My worship. All of my, all of my worship. Father, receive my. Receive my, receive my worship, worship. All, of my, all of my worship. All of my, all of my worship. Receive my, receive my worship. All of my, all of my worship. Receive my, receive my worship. All of my, all of my worship. Receive my, receive my worship. All of my, all of my worship. Rece
all of my, all of my worship. Oh, here it is. Here's my worship. All of my, take it, Lord. Take it, Lord. Receive my worship. All of my, one more time, one more time. Here's my, here's my I will and I will not be silent. I will always worship you. For as long as I am breathing, as long as I am Worship you. worship you. No music, just a congregation. Let's sing it out this morning. Somebody's breaking through this morning. Let's do that again. Lift your voice. Sing, I will not be silent.
give you glory this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you glory this morning. Receive our worship this morning, Lord. All of our worship this morning, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning if you can. Hallelujah, let's just worship the Lord this morning if you can. Hallelujah, he's worthy to be praised. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen, amen. Praise God. We want to take this time out this morning to welcome everyone that is here in the house of God this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. Amen. We pray that the Lord will receive our worship this morning. And yes, he's receiving our worship because he's the one that knows our hearts. Amen. So we just want to make sure once we give our worship unto the Lord, we give it to him genuinely and the Lord will bless us in return. Amen. So we welcome everyone this morning. So honor, so glad for everyone to take the time out to be here to worship the Lord with us. Truly, the Lord is doing, you know, great things in the hours that we're living in. And we want to be a part of what God is doing. You know, many times, oh, Pastor, um, you know, he's here in the podium and he's uh, making or use the terminology faithful. And sometimes, you know, we don't realize the importance of doing something and being consistent in what you're doing. And when you're being faithful with everything that you're doing, the Lord will just continue to bless you and just open up doors for you. But we have to make sure our service is unto the Lord, not unto man, because we're not going to receive our blessing from man. We may get like a little tap in our back here and there sometimes, which is not the kind of blessing that the Lord is going to give you. And uh, when you come to the Lord with a pure heart and a pure mind, because your motives are pure and your heart are pure, then the Lord knows everything and the Lord will bless you accordingly. Amen. So we, we, you know, greet you all this morning and so grateful that you're here this morning to praise God with us this morning. Amen. Another beautiful day that the Lord has made and we're going to continue to rejoice in it because he has given us a reason to rejoice and be glad. And we want to take advantage of it while we can, while we have the chance. When we're six foot and under, we cannot give him the glory and we cannot give him the praise. So we want to give him the praise while we can and while we're still alive and well. Amen. We want to give him all the glory because he hears us. Amen. Amen. By the way, if announcement, a reminder, this week is our youth conference this week. Um, so, you know, for those of you that have not yet registered, you can see Brother Oscar is in the house today. So make sure I'm planning to be there. So I'm hoping to see everyone there. If you can, I'm sure if you showed up and you're not registered, you're going to have to pay when you come there at the gate. Amen. So make sure you come and support our youth in their endeavor this week. I'm, you know, always anxious and excited to be a part of whatever we're doing in our district for whenever the district is doing anything. So be supportive to our youth this week. Amen. Um, as I said, Brother Asker is here. You can always see him. You can talk to him more. Make sure you try your best. I don't know if the registration closed. I think it's closed, but you can still talk to him if you will still need more information. Still open? Karen's on? 
if you become, all right, I, I want to bring you up for a second. You can come up. Let, let me bring you up, Brother Oscar. I want to take away what the Lord have in store for you. Yeah, take it now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All righty. So uh, we have that youth conference. If you are a parent, you can get in for free only if you come with a child. If you come without a child, you have to pay at the door, which I believe is 50, 60, 60. Don't pay at the door. Pay now. Go online. If you need the invitation, let me know. I'll give it to you. Uh, if there's any reason financially you're hesitant, see me. We want everybody to come. All righty. Amen. 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 That's it. Praise God. Huh? The location is at the Princeton Marriott, uh, where we have a Christmas banquet just right up the street, about seven minutes, ten minutes up the street from here. Amen. So come and support it. Amen. Amen. Everyone say it's offering time. Come on. That's a little weak. It's offering time. Amen. We want you to be generous in the giving this morning. Amen. Continue to be a blessing unto the Lord. Amen. The Lord is blessing us in the hours. Um, don't forget, you know, for those of you that have not yet, you know, um, contribute to your reach, drive. Please support it. Whatever you can, the Lord is bringing us places and we want. Oh, your Christmas uh, for Christ is due. Thanks, Brother Tom. Yes, Christmas for Christ is due today, I think, is the deadline for if you have your envelope. I remember what you pledged to give you best gift for Christ. Make sure you bring your pledge in and may be a blessing. Amen. We're going to invite you all to stand with us if you're able to stand with us as we continue to worship the Lord this morning. Amen. Bow your heads. Remember the four ways to give is online uh, on our screen. So make sure if you're giving electronically, see Sister Patrice. Amen. Bow your heads with us as we pray. Father God, we thank you for this time of a service. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for what you have done for us, Lord God. We thank you for bringing us together one more time to worship you. As we're about to receive this morning offering, we ask your blessing upon every giver. Oh God, make ways for those that are, does not have to give, oh God. We ask you to continue to bless the congregation, bless every family, oh God, every home, oh pastor and our leaders, oh God. Continue to open up doors for us, oh God, as we give you glory and as we give you honor. Have your way as we continue to praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said amen. 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 Let's remain standing and just worship one more time in song before our preacher comes up. Than I am right now Wasn't holding you up So there's nothing I can do To let you down Doesn't take a trophy To make you proud I'll never be more loved Than I am right now Going through a storm But I won't
take it personal. I will be, I will be content in every circumstance. Sing Shira.
He's more than enough. He's more than enough. And he's working it out. I know sometimes we want to see how the Lord does what he do. But it's not for you to see what he does and how he does it. It's for you to just believe that he does what he says he will do. I was just so moved by the praise singers and just them worshiping the Lord this morning. Thank God for them. They have just been stellar. They have been a great blessing to this church. Our musicians, amen. We had a great, you may be seated, we had a great, great seminar yesterday on mental wellness. It was tremendous. Thank God for that. Thank God for the ladies that just pray for them. I told um, Shamika, Dr. Brooks, I told her this morning that I hope that um, what they have done here can be done in other churches. There's some traditions that we got to get past. You know, I've learned something about the Lord, and I've shared it with you. Oftentimes, we don't always know the exact way of doing things, what we should do or what we should do. What, what, what does the Lord say about this, and what does the Lord say about that? And we don't always know all of the scriptures that we need to know at the time we need to know them. But here's my advice to you. When you get to that place, just make a decision and do what you have to do in love. Somebody say love. You can never go wrong when the decisions that you're making, clearly you're making them from a place of love. And that is so significant in how you live your life in Christ. Because you won't always have the right answers. You won't always know what right thing to do. But if what you do comes from a place of love, then it will always be the right thing. And there are some traditions that we have sometimes in our life that they're not traditions that demonstrates love. But we're holding on to them because that's what we've always done. I want us to live for God from a place of love. The Bible says God is love. And if we can live for God from a place of love, then we will make good decisions oftentimes. Because the decision will come from a place of love. And anytime you're deliberately hurting someone, you're not making a decision from a place of love. But we thank God for what he's doing in this church. Can I tell you, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, your co-workers, those that you go to school with, tell them that if they want to be involved and experience what God is doing in the earth, tell them to come to your church. God has signed and sealed and stamped this church. He is leading us. And we're following him. When they were singing this morning that C.C. Winding song, which you all need to sing at altar call for me. When they were singing it, I was just reflecting. And I remember the Sunday morning when 
I don't know if you all believed it then, but I, I believed it then. And I couldn't barely preach because God had told me that what we were doing was already done. He said, the building situation, you all, is done. It will be your building. You will worship me in that building. Your family and friends and neighbors and co-workers will get saved in that building. It was done. While we still, we weren't at closing, the bank still was doing some things. There was some, some, some use variant, not use variant, some, some um, environmental things that was going on. And so it might have looked like it's not done. But God had told me. It was done. Let me tell you, that is so significant because we read scripture about what God says is done. And we believe that. And we need to believe that. But a lot of things that we read in the Bible or we read in the Bible is not personal for us. We have not yet experienced that. And we're, we're hoping to experience some of the things that we read in the Bible. And so we believe them. But Christ Center Church... You have your own situation that you have lived to say, we believe God and God show himself to be who he is because of what he has done for us. You don't have to go to scripture and say, I know what the Bible says. No, no, no. Made me think of my oldest son when he first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Went back around some of his family members that they don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. And, you know, they heard from the, through the grapevine, I'm a preacher now, and they messing with him. I heard your dad a preacher. And so he went on and told him, yeah, and I got the Holy Ghost. And they said, man, what you know about that? And he says, all I know is I spoke with tongues. I got the Holy Ghost. He had his own experience, so nobody could debate whether or not he thought God was real or what God has done. He had his own experience. I don't know why he ain't preaching and being an evangelist, revival preacher or something, because that dude done had so many experiences with the Lord. He know God is real. I don't have to tell him that. He had his own stuff. But this church has had its own share of experiences with God that you don't have to guess whether God is doing something in this church or not. You've experienced it. That miracle will live on forever. I was showing it, um, the building to somebody yesterday, and they looked around and said, man, this place is so big that your grandchildren, meaning all of our grandchildren, if the Lord tarry, will take the place over and keep doing it while we're dead and gone. That's how much space is there. We can be there for a very long time. That is the hand of God. Hand of God. So we know what he has done, and we celebrate and continue to believe that more is in store, and we look forward to all those great things. I welcome you this morning to Christ Center Church. It's good to be with you. Amen. We're moving through the new year. It's already January the 8th, and um, time is not waiting for anyone. Time is just moving. We have a guest with us this morning, Therese. If you can just raise your hand, Therese. So nice to have you. Your daughter, we love her, and she's been here many, many times, and she's just, a, all of us love her very much, and so we're glad you came with her this morning. Amen. Amen. She said it's a pleasure to be here. 
hang in there with us. We're getting ready to give you more space to operate. <laughs> Show her the building so she can see the building. Three, that's the building we're getting ready to move to in about a month and a half. Amen. We're not, we're not hoping it's done. We, we, we're not wanting to do it and, and, and some things is in the way. It, it's done. So we look forward to worship with you and everyone else in about a month, month and a half at best in that place right there. Amen. Let her know how much we love her. Make sure you love her up. And um, we're so glad that you came to worship the Lord with us here at Christ Center Church. And threes, if there's anything that we can do for you in your walk with Christ and just growing in Christ, maturing in Christ, anything at all we can do, please don't hesitate to ask. We're here for you. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Hallelujah. We're grateful for everyone that is here, our online congregation. We're so thankful for you. Amen. Mr. Brantley, we've been praying for you, and we hope you're doing well. And um, Daryl, um, you see Brother D is not here. Brother D don't miss church, hardly. And so we're praying for him. He's been a little bit down by the weather. Amen. The new flu. <laughs> the new flu. We moved on from COVID. It's the new flu. We're not messing with COVID anymore. We, if we're sick, it's going to have to be the new flu or something else. We don't mess with COVID anymore. But we're praying for all of our families in the church, amen, um, that are not feeling up to par. We're praying for you, and we love you, and we're thanking God for you, amen. I'm going to take my scripture this morning, my text from the book of Luke, chapter 15, and if you will stand with me, and we will go to Luke chapter 15, we'll start in verse number 17, and we'll read 17 through 24. I feel like the Lord has given me a different thought on these uh, portions of Scripture. Um, it's well-known passage of Scriptures, and you'll see. But I, I have a different, some different thoughts that I feel like the Lord put in my heart about this text that I believe will help us this morning. Luke chapter 15, verse number 17. The Bible says, And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. It's not good to walk around in titles. Be careful of living in a life of entitlement. I deserve this. I deserve that. I should have this and I should have that. Mm -hmm. Verse 20 says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. 
But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost. And is found, and they began to be merry. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Help us to not just read your word, to not just hear your word, but to also do what the word says. Uh, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will move in a miraculous way in the midst of the congregation this morning. That before we leave miracles, signs, and wonders, the demonstration of your power will be unleashed. And that the gifts of the Spirit will operate. And that, God, your will be done in the midst of this congregation. We pray, Almighty God, that you will place me in the flow of your Spirit and anoint me, O God, to speak as your oracle. Touch our hearts our minds, that we will have clear understanding of the word and that, Lord, the word of God will lodge deep in our spirit, in our heart, that, Lord, it will take root and grow and produce good fruit. Bless us today, Lord God, as we assemble ourselves, receive our worship, receive our praise and thanksgiving, for we will not fail to give you the praise, the honor and the glory. For this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today on this subject. Have you come to your senses yet? Have you come to your senses yet? Mm -hmm. The presence of God is not accommodating to sin. I'll say that again. The presence of God is not accommodating to sin. What do you mean by that, preacher? We will either leave the presence of God to go in sin, or we will flee from sin to go in the presence of the Lord. But the presence of the Lord is not accommodating to sin. So when sin begins to work in our life, we're going to make a decision to get away from the things that are holy, get away from the things that are righteous, get away from the church, get away from the people that's part of the church. But when we're ready to do right, when we're ready to come out of sin, we know we have to go from where we are and go to the right place where there's righteousness, where there's holiness, where there's faith, where there's love. Let me tell you something you need to know about sin. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And sin will cost you more than you can afford to pay. Do you understand that? This is how sin will work in our life. We love to say this. This is not so bad. God understands. God forgives sins. God do forgive sins. God do understand. 
But we never stop to realize that the reason why God says not to sin is for our own good. It's not because he's not ready to forgive you. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he doesn't understand. It's because the sin we commit is going to do damage. That's why he says it. Not to try to get you to, you know, behave uh, uh, in a way where you feel confined and constrained. No, he is just trying to protect you. So he says, don't sin because he knows, the Lord knows that sin will take you further than you want to go. That sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you can afford. He knows that. So that's why he says, don't sin. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prodigal son may have wanted to find himself, but he ended up losing himself. Mm -hmm. Having standards and principles and authority in your life don't mean you don't have your true self or you're not living your true self or your true life. A lot of times we, especially in the apostolic church, because the apostolic church, I will tell you if you don't know, the apostolic church implements standards, guidelines, things to make you stay on the right track as you're living for God. And a lot of people want to say, that's not necessary. Okay. Go ahead and live your life without any standards. Go ahead and live your life without any principles. Go ahead and live your life without any authority and see what happens. Hmm. And so a lot of times when we want to go live how we want to live, we leave the father's house. I want to do my thing. So we leave the father's house to go do our thing. Because usually what you're saying is when you leave the father's house to do your thing, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I don't want to be in any restraints because I don't know why we got to look like that. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I don't have to have those principles to be saved. A lot of times, some, some standards, some standards are not, are not sin or righteousness or something that's in the Bible. But when you don't do them, they lead to sin. When you don't do them, they lead to sin. And we're not understanding that. You know what's interesting? If you grew up in a decent home, there were standards in that home. And there were standards in the home because your parents were trying to protect you. And here God is doing the same thing, and he does it in the church, and we kind of, you know, frown on that. That ain't necessary. You don't need to leave the church to figure out who you are. The church is the best place to figure out who you are. Oftentimes we're ready, oh, I got to just find who I am. Just, just, just leave me alone. Let me do my thing. Well, ask the prodigal son about what happens when we decide, leave me alone and let me do what I want. I'm here to tell you, anybody that does whatever they want, they will find themselves in a low state sooner or later. 
they said. Power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. Here's one way to understand it. The most brilliant and powerful of people need some authority in their life. Doesn't matter how smart you are. Doesn't matter how much money you got. Doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. You need some authority in your life. And any person that's living their life without authority, sooner or later will crash and burn. Here we have an example of our conduct. The life of the prodigal son tells us how mankind, humans, how we conduct our lives. And what he has shown us is the rule of self-will instead of God's will. Are we allowing God or God's will to, to guide our life or our life is being guided by our self-will? Listen to me. When self-will rules, there is an absence of gratitude or any sense of obligation to the Father. When self-will rules, you become impatient with the Father's government and timing. When self-will rules, you break away from the Father's authority and his control. When self-will rules, you squander the Father's provision and contrary to his intention for his provision. When self-will rule, you do all sort of nonsense so you can be happy but end up being miserable and in despair. When self Rules. That's what happens. When you decide, let me do what I want, and there's no authority in your life, and and there is no standards in your life, and there are no principles in your life, when you decide, just let me live my life, you will crash and burn and find yourself in a low state at some point or another. Now, check this out. When you find yourself there, your pride might say, don't talk to them. Don't let them know what's going on. Your pride might say, don't, don't, don't let them know that you're down and out. Don't let them know that you're doing bad right now. Just keep it low. Sooner or later, you'll be all right. No, you won't be all right. No, you won't be all right. Until you come back to the Father's house, you won't be all right. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why am I telling you that? I beat that in your mind all the time and all have sinned. So you don't allow pride to get in your way. If you don't hold on to that, that all have sinned and come short of the glory, pride sooner or later will grip you and you'll never be able to have a turnaround. You'll never be able to experience restoration. You will never be able to experience change and deliverance because your pride will keep you from that. But if you will realize that all have sinned, all have messed up, all have done wrong, and all need Jesus, and right now I need to get a turnaround in my life. I need Jesus, and I don't care what anyone else thinks. As a matter of fact, when you know all have sinned, you realize If anybody look at me side-eyed when I step in that building, if anybody want to treat me like they're better than me when I step in that building, already I'm better off than them. You don't understand. They sitting on the pew and acting like they're better than somebody else. That's right. It means that they're in a bad spot and 
they come to church every week. And I was in my low state and messed up and away from God. But now I'm coming to the Father's house and I've got a mind made up. I'm better off than them. Don't you let people stop you from coming to the Father's house and living your life for the Father. That's how you do it. All have sinned. You hold your head up high and make your way in the house of the Lord. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've gone through. Go into the Father's house and say, God, I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm here. Oh, save me. That's what you do. That's what you do. Forget about them people that's sitting in the church. Talking about where you've been. Ain't your business where they've been. You had your time that you were someplace that nobody knew. Why are you asking somebody where they've been? Ain't none of your business where they've been. You're just supposed to be happy your sister or your brother is in the house of God. And you need to give them a holy, righteous, loving hug. And just let them know you love them. Ain't no where you've been. Like you always been in a good place. You ain't always been in no good place. So don't ask them where they've been. Love them up. That's what the Father does. And if we're supposed to be like Jesus, then we need to be like Jesus and stop saying that we're trying to be like Jesus. There's some things by now we need to exemplify like Jesus. We can't keep saying, I'm trying to be like Jesus. No, there's something that's supposed to be exemplified saying, I am like Jesus. Have you come? To your senses yet. Listen to me, church. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Can I tell you, Jesus wants your life to be great. Jesus wants your life to be successful. And no matter where you are in the process right now, that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't have great thoughts for you and great plans for you. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing now. Can I tell you, hear me somebody, the present is not where you will be in two months from now. The present seemed dark. The present seemed bleak. The present seemed like there's no opportunities. The present seemed like I can't make it anymore, but I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, where you are right now will not be where you will be in two months. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to do something powerful in you. You don't have to worry about where you are right now because God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. God's got your church. He's got you. You don't worry about it. It will all be all right. It will all work itself out. You will be fine. God has your back. That's a trick of the enemy. And we have embraced that trick on our own in thinking that when the problem gets so 
so, so hard, when the situation becomes so hard and the problems feel like it's weighing you down, all you can do is focus on the moment and you make a decision in that moment that will not be good. And that's why you're here this morning for me to tell you what God wants you to know. This moment will not last. This situation will not last. This situation has to go and you will thrive and you will move on and you will be great in God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the power of God. I feel like the devil is trying to get you to believe that you're headed in the wrong direction. That the devil wants you to think that you're going to be destroyed or life is going to get worse. But I'm here to tell you, I've got good news. Jesus is on the throne. He's got good thoughts that he thinks towards you. Woo. He's got good thoughts he thinks towards you. Listen to me. God loved you so much that it was never his intent that you would know evil or sin. We know sin today. We know evil today. But that was never God's intent. God wanted you to live a life of just just being unconscious of ungodliness, of, 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 of sin, of unrighteousness. He wanted you to just know good things. He wanted you to just know him and righteous things and holy things. That's what he intended. But we wouldn't listen to him. We wouldn't obey him. And so today we only know sin because we disobeyed God, not because God wanted us to know sin. And so today we're battling with sin, not because God wanted it. It's because we were disobedient. So don't put the ownership on God as to why we are where we are. It's because we messed up as a people. Genesis 2 and 15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest of it, therefore thou shalt surely die. So God didn't want you to know evil. He says, that tree over there, if you mess with it, it's going to make you know evil. And I did not design you to know evil. I only wanted you to know good. Mm-hmm. So it was never the Lord's will for us to know sin and to commit sin. The Lord is good to us, church. He will. He, he is so good to us that while we disobeyed him and did what he said not to do, going to sin, he says, but I'm going to work it out still for you. If you look at the prodigal's life, you will see that the very thing that he did, the sin that he committed, was the same thing that God used to deliver him. Whew. I hear somebody in here. 
God is going to use your situation to deliver you. That same situation you thought was choking you. That same situation you thought was just holding you down. That same situation you thought was just stifling you and ready to destroy you. God says, I'm going to use that same situation to raise you up. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you how powerful I am. You're going to stand on top of your situation. At some point in time, you're going to stand on it and say, look where I am. I'm not where I used to be because God used the situation that was destroying me, the situation that was killing me. God used it to raise raise me up. That's what he did for the prodigal. Always remember, God is all-powerful, and he can butt himself into our life at any time. When the prodigal decided, give me my stuff, Dad. I'm out of here. I'm going to live the life I want to live because I need some freedom. When he decided that, you don't think at some point in time God could intervene? Where you going, boy? And just make something get in his way where he feel like, I need to go back home. He could have, but he stayed out of his way and said, go ahead, bro. And he went and he messed up and God didn't get involved. I told him this morning, I'm telling you, as a mother, I don't tell this to dads because dads do a little bit different. But mothers and grandmothers, when you pray for your child or your grandchild to be saved and for God to work in their life, get out of the way. Pray and get out of the way. Because God will sometimes have to just bring them down to their lowest state before he brings them back up. And you can't handle them going to their lowest state because you're not all powerful. Because God is all-powerful, he knows when he allowed them to go to their lowest state, he can bring them back up. Remember, he told Lazarus to come forth from the grave. He told dead bones to, 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 to live again, right? And so the bottom line is God can raise up anything. So when we go low, God is well able and confident. I got that. But we are not all-powerful. So when we're watching this, mothers and grandmothers, we're watching this and we're like, oh, God, my child. But you can't get involved because you prayed. You prayed, God, save my child. When you pray, get out of the way. When you pray for your child, get out of the way. All you do is love them from afar. Honey, you need anything? Honey, is there anything mommy can do? Is there anything Nana can do? But stay out of the way because you prayed. And if you believe God answers prayer, he, he is answering your prayers for your child and your grandchild. Stay out of the way. Because if you make some moves, all you're doing is making it more difficult for them. All you're doing is probably allowing them to go through the struggle a little bit longer. Stay out of the way. So the prodigal, guess what? His daddy stayed out of the way. We never heard anything about his mama. She was just a nice, submitted wife. And so she was probably dying, but she was probably on her knees. You know, she was just trying to work with her husband like, you know, honey, I know you're a man of God, so I'm going to trust you. But boy, my child out there, I don't know what he's doing. He with them boys that run streets. I don't know, honey. And, and I'm serious. That's a real talk, right? And so she looking like, my God, he out there running streets, and he ain't even like them guys. Can I tell you this? And that's why you got to pray. I tell my kids this all the time, all you church kids, them guys out in the street, I don't care how much you cool. I don't care how much you got swag. I don't care how much you have nice sneakers on that you got the sneakers that they wear. I don't care what it is. They know you're not like them. They know you're not like them. And the moment you try to go hook up with them, all they want to do is use you. 
All they want to do is use you when you hook up with them. And guess what, prodigal? They will use you until you ain't got nothing left. And then they'll say, man, so-and-so used to be in church. And look at him now. He's smoking. That was our, that was our thing back in the day when you, got, when you went sideways. He's smoking. So, so, so that's what the world do with you. They, they, they suck you dry. Because they know you're not a part of them, so they suck you dry. And when they get everything out of you, then they start talking about you. I remember when she was in church, remember? She used to go to church all the time. She used to try to tell me to come to church. Look at her now. That's what the world does because they always knew you wasn't a part of them. They can look at your life. They can smell you. They just know you're not like them. They can tell. The prodigal suffered from hunger, from hard treatment, from base ingratitude of former companions, and from a deep consciousness of his most degraded condition. But that is what caused him to recall a much better life. You see, listen to me. Sometimes the Lord allow you to sink that deep because you took for granted the life that he had given to you. You took for granted the good treatment that you were experiencing. You took for granted and you became ungrateful. Ungrateful, the stuff that you became accustomed to, the stuff that you started having and experiencing in your mind, you became so ungrateful like you thought that you deserved those things. And so you said, oh, it got to be better because, you know, we just overlooked the goodness that we're experiencing. And then we walk away from it. Don't become so accustomed to a godly lifestyle, to the church that you think that is no big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to be in the church. It's a big deal to be a part of God's family. It's a big deal to be a child of God. I don't care if it's bad times that you're experiencing. I don't care if it's challenging times. I don't care if your pocket's kind of low. Just understand that life will always be better than the life that you have your freedom living out in the world. I don't care. Listen to me. The Bible says, the Bible says that Moses, 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 choose or chose to suffer with his people, the children of Israel, in poverty than to be rich and live in the high life being a son of Pharaoh. Maybe you need to go study that. Because that don't happen in this world. Moses had the choice. Stay at Pharaoh's house in the great kingdom of Pharaoh. Live large. Because, a matter of fact, it looked like Pharaoh was probably going to make Moses the next Pharaoh, not his son. The, the Moses is who he's gonna, he was going to promote. So Moses had it all. But the Bible says Moses decided, nah, I'd rather go suffer with the people of God, struggle with the people of God, than to live the high life in the world. You can go and live the high life in the world. Pockets loaded, driving something nice, living in some big house, all good, making, you know, seven figures, Whatever. If you ain't living for God, you ain't living the high life. Because you can have all of that and still live for God. (laughs) Those days are gone where people think that you got to be broke, busted, and disgusted to be a Christian. It's gone. 
We're not living like that anymore. We don't think you got to live like that anymore. And surely we are proving that you don't have to live broke, busted, and disgusted, and barely moving on. You see him, oh, God is good, and we look like we're struggling, and nothing good is going on. Oh, but God is good. That's not the life that we live this, this today. Because, and I've always believed that's not what God wanted, because guess what? If people out in the world that's not living for God, want, if we're going to get them to look our way, they have to see us thriving. Why would they want to live for our God if we look like we struggling? So God wants us to thrive, not just survive, not just get by. He wants us to thrive because he has a whole lot of people in that world that he's trying to reach. So he needs us to thrive. He, didn't, he don't need to be you know, broke and all of that stuff. We mismanage our money, but that don't mean God don't want you to have something. It's probably just us mismanaging things. The Bible says he came to himself or he came to his senses. When the Bible says he came to himself, it's, it's, it's meaning to tell you he came to his, his senses. This phrase is commonly, watch this, this phrase is commonly applied to one who has been deranged. For you to come to your senses, it means you were deranged before. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's what it means. And when you recover, you come to yourself. So if you were deranged and you recover, it means you came to yourself. This statement denotes that the folly of a young man was a kind of derangement, that he was insane, not in his right mind. Every person that's living in sin is deranged and not in their right mind. I was deranged and not in my right mind. I was in sin when I wasn't living for God. I made the uh, analogy this morning. Tell me this is not deranged. Our young people join the gangs when they know there's only two things that ever happen to gang members. You go to jail or you die. They join the gangs. You don't think that's derangement? We smoke cigarettes all the time. We know that cigarette gives us cancer, but then we tell ourselves, we gonna, I'm going to die anyhow. So we, you don't think that's deranged? Let me use myself. I told him, I said, we, when we were really out in the streets, obviously not in church, we went out every night starting Thursday night. Because we knew every night had a special something, something going on in the club. We went out every night. And then Sunday morning when we wake up with a hangover, you know what we say? I ain't doing nothing. I'm chilling today. Sunday was your chilling day. I'm chilling. Nah, I'm not doing nothing. Yeah, and we, 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 I get specific. We ain't drinking today. And I told you, I had a friend. I lived in my mom's basement. I got a friend. This is our code. Yeah. Sit right there. Yeah. He walking around the back. Yeah. Hit the basement window. I come up, yo, what's up? Hey, so-and-so was saying we should just get a case and chill out. Sure enough, we go get a case, drop it at the foot. Before you know it, two, three, four of us sitting around. I thought we said we were going to, that's derangement. We said we weren't drinking. Why are we drinking? We, we have a hangover trying to, come, trying to make our way back from that, and here we are again. That's derangement. We don't want to admit to that, but I'm just telling you, it's derangement. 
So when we're living in sin, we are deranged. And not until the Lord allow us to come to ourselves, we are living in derangement. To come to your senses is to find your best self. To come to your senses is to discover what is truly best for you and everyone who's connected to you. To come to your senses is to turn away from sin, repent, and turn toward the Father and ask him to change your motives from selfishness to godliness, that you may be Christ-centered in lifestyle. That come into your senses. The young man changed his mind about himself and his situation, and he admitted that he was a sinner. Kudos to him. Because that's what we said here this morning. All have sinned. Let's not try to run away like, I ain't never did no stuff like that. You know what we do? We, we categorize sin. Yeah, we all sin, but I don't do that. <laughs> you ignorant. Because <laughs> I thought the Bible says sin is sin. <laughs> so, so don't tell me you don't do that. I ain't that bad. Okay. <laughs> sin is sin. And if you lie or you kill somebody, if you don't get your life right, you go in the same place the liar and the killer going. Liar and the killer going the same place if they don't repent. Remember they had a thing where they said um, the government got to do something about um, um, arresting people with DUI and putting them in a prison with people that's, you know, waiting on trial for murder. Did you hear about that? They, they said, we got to work that out. That's not right. Why would you let a, a person that drove drunk um, arrested him, why would he be in the same jail as someone that committed murder? And so they were trying to fix the law so that would change, but I don't know where they are with that. But the point is, we always want to say, I'm not as bad as you. That's the point. I'm not as bad as you, but I love the Lord because the Lord says, it doesn't matter what sin you commit. If you sin, you sin. And I see it the same way. The young man said, I'm a sinner, Lord. I messed up. Let me say this. One can only change their mind and come to their senses if they will admit that they messed up. If you think that you can change your direction, change your life, get, get, get some change take place within you and not admit the truth, you won't see change. You'll hope for change. But you won't see change. He confessed that his father was a wonderful and generous man who loves him. And that it is his father who, who treated him so kindly. He realized that. And when he says, I'm a sinner, that's what he was confessing. That here I am walking away from my daddy who treated me so good to go do foolishness. Let me tell you something, church. To serve God. In his house to be a child of God and serve in the church is far better than to have your freedom and money and live in the world. The prodigal son, he, he proved that. He was at home living the life that would keep him from all danger, harm. He was living a good life. He just couldn't do whatever he wanted. But everything was good. He ate whatever he wanted. He wore nice clothes. He was treated real good. Obviously, daddy loved him. Mama loved him. Everything was good. He had servants serving him. Life was good. 
And he decided, that ain't good enough. I need to find myself. I need to go do my own thing. Let me up out of here. And he left and he went. Remember, he had his inheritance when he left. And he decided, I need to go back home. He had concluded, but he had to go through it. Do you want to go through what the prodigal went through just to, just to find out what he found out? He went, and he did his thing, and he admitted, my daddy have servants in his house living better than I'm living right now. So the bottom line is, why would we think that we need to go try, you know, finding ourselves, going out there and, you know, living our freedom and make sure we good because church got too many rules. I ain't serving no church because you serving that church, you serving that pastor. You ain't serving no God. <laughs> Y'all got all kind of stuff to say. And then you say, ah, I ain't messing with the church. And you gone to your freedom. And can I tell you a secret? And I'll be here when you come back. <laughs> I ain't trying to be funny. But I'll be here when you come back because I've read my Bible and you won't make it. You can be stubborn and really not make it. You follow what I'm saying? You can be stubborn and really not make it, or you will realize you're not making it and just come on back home. It's up to you. Whenever you are overtaken by despair and loneliness, rejection, uselessness, and with minimal to no provision, think of the goodness of the Lord. Think about how much he loves you. How he died for you. That you are the apple of his eye. And he will never forsake you. And that he will provide for you. And you know what? And he will use you gloriously. That's what you need to think of. When you've gone your own way. Doing your own thing. And it just destroys you. Everything. Watch this. Everything the young man. Had hoped. To experience out in the world. The far country the Bible says. He come to realize it was right in his house. <laughs> Young people, don't be tricked. Listen to your mom and dad. Listen to your parents. Listen to your guardians. Because what you're searching for, you're going to realize, man, it was right here. And we just waste time and effort and put ourselves in a whole lot of hurt and pain searching for something that we already have. We must be careful not to take the house of God and his goodness for granted or not be content with what he's doing in your life. We cannot be, you know, overlook and, and, and not be content with what God does. God works on his own timing. And so what God is doing in your life, he does it on his time, not on your time. And sometimes the reason why the time seems delayed is because you're slow to mature. Because God don't want to give you something that will destroy you. He want to make sure you can handle it. And so a lot of times what you don't have from God is not that God is being mean and saying, I don't want to give that to you. It's because your development is not coming along the way it should. We don't want to admit to that. But you don't give your kids when they're small things that they can't handle. God doesn't do it either. When the young man came to his senses, watch this, instead of him saying, Father, Give me my stuff. He said, make me a servant. 
we frown on that serving thing in the house of God because we just, you know, got our own little thing that we think it is. But again, when he came back, he said, let me be a servant. Being a servant in the house of God is far better than having riches to yourself and your freedom. I cannot say that enough. Being a servant in the house of God is far better than having all the riches of the world and have your freedom. Man will never truly uh, uh, live righteously on their own. They cannot. We cannot. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. We can never be righteous. It's only when we are under the umbrella of the Lord Jesus Christ can righteousness be in our life. I close this morning or this afternoon. Change is possible for us, but there is a way to assure change. When you look at how this young man was able to be restored and be made whole, we can take what he did and implement in our life so we too can experience a turnaround in our life, a change, a transformation. The Lord allowed him. The first thing that happened to this young man is the Lord allowed him to recall the people and things that were good in his life. If you're going to experience a turnaround, you have to come to the place to realize the goodness that was already in your life and not overlook the goodness that was already in your life. Mm -hmm. When he was able to reflect on the goodness that was already in his life, it allowed him to compare his current situation with his prior situation. Then he made the choice of saying, I choose the lifestyle where people love me, where I am being cared for. Not worry about having my own way, but I want to be in a place where I'm loved. I want to be in a place where people want me to succeed and and thrive. (laughs) Once he made the right choice, he established a plan as to how he plans to get back to that wonderful lifestyle that he was living before. Look at Luke chapter 15, verse 18. It says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto, his, unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. What am I trying to tell you? You must make plans once you realize the life that you're trying to obtain. If you're going to live for God, you have to plan it. You can't just think that, okay, I'm going to make a decision to live for God and then everything will be fine. You have to put a plan in place. 
the prodigal laid out a plan, a step-by-step plan in his mind as to how he will get his life back on track. It's one thing to want your life to be on the right track. It's one one thing to want to live a life that God has in store for you. But it's a whole different ballgame to plan it out, to, to, to organize it step by step how you will achieve it. This is why if you're going to get saved, you've got to decide, I'm going to give my life to God. This is how I want to live my life. This is how I want to live my life. And you lay it all out and you begin to put those plans in motion by start doing what you need to do. It might not be saved. It might be you're going through some things and you need to move forward in God. It might be you've been struggling, but put a plan together as to what you will do step by step. And here is the good news. When you put that plan together and activate it, God will meet you before you can complete it. That's what happened with the prodigal. He put his plan together, and then he started moving towards the plan, started working it. And the father says, I see him coming. I see him afar off. And the father went to mess. He had no clue how it would turn out. He wanted to be of service in his father's house. He said, I just want to be a hired servant. And the father met him part of the way. You make your plans, it's okay. I didn't tell you anything wrong. We think that, oh, God's got it all in control. True, but make your plans. When we was going to buy the property on four tennis courts, we knew God had directed everything, but we had to make plans. And so we lined out step-by-step plans. Some of the plans didn't go exactly how we had it planned because the Father met us. And so it's the same thing with our life. Make the plans as to what you will do to live the life God wants you to live. And as you are moving towards accomplishing those plans, God will meet you and he will make it better than you had it all planned out. Because God is a topper and he will always do better than what you were planning to do. Have you come to your senses yet? Let's pray. We can come to our senses and ignore things and go back to where we were when we weren't in our right mind. Don't let that happen today. Respond to God's word. I told you last Sunday, we need a divine encounter every time we come to church. We don't just want to leave saying that was a good message because oftentimes we don't apply the message. But I believe that if the Bible says, if you will receive the word mixed with faith, then it will have some impact on your life where change will take place. Let's lift our hands to heaven and talk to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your word has gone forward. Now, Lord Jesus, we needed to do a work within our soul, within our spirit. We need the word, oh God, to do work in us that we will never be the same again. That change will take place. That healing will take place. That restoration will take place. Ah, That salvation will take place. That deliverance will take place. God, have your way today in the hearts of your people, in the mind of your people. Lord, we don't want to walk out of here today without a divine encounter, without 
responding in faith and obedience to your word. Have your way in the heart of your people today, Lord God. Lord Jesus, order our steps that we may go in the way you want us to go. Bring us, Lord God, to a place where we will be back in our right mind. That sin will not rule and keep us deranged. But Lord, that we will be in our right mind. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way today. Come on, church. Reach out to the Lord. Call upon him right now. Let him know you believe. And if you believe, show him you believe. Show him you believe. You can have your miracle today. You can have your miracle today. God wants to work a miracle in your life. He wants to turn some things around in your life. He wants to help you conquer some things in your life. Have your way, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless your people today, Lord God. I pray your faithful way, Lord God. There is power in your name. So much power. Bring knowledge, oh God. Oh, Lord, that you may feel 
touch, Lord God. Oh, God, that she will experience, Lord God, true communion with you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, use her to be a blessing. Use her to be a blessing. That as you bless her, she will be a blessing, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Give the Lord a round of applause this afternoon. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Before we conclude our service this afternoon, we'd like to extend an uh, invitation toward anyone that is there, either for the first, second, third time that you have not yet given your life to the Lord. You want to get baptized in Jesus' name today. We can get you baptized today. If there is someone here that wants to receive what God has in store for you this morning or this afternoon, we can ask you to step forward if you want us to pray with you. Amen. That the Lord will touch your heart and your mind and that you're ready to give your life to the Lord. Hallelujah. Is there someone here this afternoon? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to invite you to stand with us if you can. Amen. As we pray this afternoon, we're going to pray that the Lord will continue to bless us. That we'll have his way. If you're able to stand, we're going to invite you to stand as we pray. 
Hallelujah. Pray with us one more time as we dismiss. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your words that has gone forth today, Lord God. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, this afternoon, we pray that your hands will continue to be upon every heart and every mind in this place. Every person that is here today, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord. We ask you for traveling mercy as we travel on the highways, O oh God. Protect us and bring us back to our different home and aboard, O oh God. We ask you to keep us, O oh God. I pray you will continue to direct us, Lord God. Cover us in everything that we do, Lord God. Bring us back whenever the doors are open this week. I pray and ask you a blessing upon us, O oh God. Continue to bless our leadership, our pastor, and his family, every family that is there. Bless and keep us together. We give you glory and we give you honor, Lord God, this afternoon. As we say thanks for your many blessings. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. The Lord bless you. You're dismissed. Greet someone as you go in Jesus' name. Don't forget to support our building fund. Amen. I think we may still have some more beef patties there. Support our building fund. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Lord bless you. We love you. Thanks for being here today. In Jesus' name.